Hey guys, it's Judy, me again, today on The Old and the New. I will continue to talk about painting, and continuing with my previous episode, I'm going to be talking about paint. Egg tempera, not to be confused with fried prawn in Japanese cuisine, is a type of paint material dating very far back and is less common nowadays. In its making, colour pigment is ground down until it's smooth and mixed with a binder medium before artists use it. This medium is usually egg yolk, but it can also be milk or certain kinds of plant secretions. This method of making paint is very long lasting, so we can still see works of art from the first century AD. And we have also found tempera paintings from all the places, from ancient Egypt, the Byzantine Empire, and from the classical world to the medieval ages. A majority of Renaissance paintings we see are egg tempera paintings. However, by the 1500s, tempera paint is gradually overtaken by the use of oil paint. Oil paint is one of the most common paints used in the Western world today. And this is very similar to acrylic painting, which is invented much later in terms of effect. Basically, acrylic paint one mixes with water for it to dissolve or dilute, and oil paint one mixes with oil. And the technique for painting is basically the same, it's just that oil painting tend to be shinier because of the oil, and acrylic paintings dry a lot faster in the painting process because it's essentially made of plastic and it's uh, soluble in water, therefore it's the water that is drying and therefore that happens a lot faster than oil dries in air. At this point I've sort of realised that I've started something potentially dry and uninteresting, but I'm going to wrap this up anyway and talk about mineral paint, which might be less familiar to the western world I hope. Anyway, this type of paint to my knowledge, mineral paint, traditionally was used by cultures such as the Chinese and those who received a lot of influence from China historically, such as Japan. In the olden days, where synthetic colours didn't exist, take the example of purple dye being extremely posh and expensive than gold in uh, ancient Rome, people only had natural sources of colour. Artists took coloured minerals and gemstones, such as malachite or cinnabar, for green and red, ground them down until they are powder, and washed the powder in water. By washing and draining the mixture several times, the powder gets separated into divides of different thicknesses. The mixture that contains the lightest and smallest of grains will have the lightest shade of colour, and so on. This then gets dried into powder form, so that it can be stored. When this is commonly used for religious frescoes in temples, grottos, the mineral powder is mixed with a type of glue made from cattle skin in a one-to-one ratio. This ensures that the colour of the paintings would last thousands of years and not flake or fade. And that has happened historically. We can still see frescoes in temples that are built 2,000 years ago or so and they still look as good as they used to be to believers at the time. Mineral paint tend to have very pure but unsaturated colours, and this type of painting therefore looks very subtle, and it's distinctly and immediately recognisable, for it gives off a sense of tenderness and tranquillity. And here ends today's episode, and I promise that something less dry is on its way. If my reading goes well, we might be getting on to some Greek lesbian poetry next time. Thank you for listening, guys. See you.